The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. And we just finished up listening to the press conference held by Nebraska Athletics and Trev Elberts here at Hale Varsity Club. Some quick reaction to what we heard Trev say. Uh, a few tidbits that I kind of put aside that I think carry uh, the biggest precedence from what I heard. Um, he said the the program is bigger than just one person. I thought that was that was pretty huge to say. Uh, I think the mentality, at least from the outside looking in, has been it's it's Trev and then it's everybody else below him. But in regards to bringing in Mickey Joseph, who good for him. I mean, Mickey Joseph in a, in a great spot now to try to succeed as a head coach. He is also the first black head coach in the history of Nebraska athletics. So a milestone moment there. But he also said that Mickey Joseph is going to be calling the plays he's going to have his own voice and I, th- I think that's huge he acknowledged that Mickey Joseph is the head coach and um, if that's exactly what we're going to see I it, it's a big shift from the Scott Frost era to now the Mickey Joseph interim era another thing I took away uh, just preaching accountability when it came to the decision behind the firing of Scott Frost national search is something that they will look into but I'll get back to this. I don't want it to be dismissed that Mickey Joseph only has nine games and that's it because I really don't believe that. I think if Mickey Joseph is a successful interim head coach and if he can turn this football program around, if he can deliver a bowl game by season's end, he's definitely in conversation to be the next head coach at Nebraska and I'll get more into that here in a sec. Need for a different voice in vision was another thing, which is what led into these events transpiring. And then he, he middle in the middle, he said this, but I think this was a great way to also cap off the press conferences. He said, Scott will go on to coach somewhere else. So I'd be interested to hear from you guys in the comments. Where do you think Scott Frost will end up next? Where? I'm, 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 I'm really truly asking because I have some ideas in mind, but maybe you guys have a different opinion and I'd be very interested to hear from that. Andrew Rogers here with you to break down the Scott Frost firing. We'll bring in Anna Bellinghausen here in a few. We're also trying to get Matt Schick on the line, although he's in between hits on Sirius XM radio right now. So we'll do our best to try to get Schick over here. Um, a, a, a big name on the college football front. And uh, he can provide some, some pretty good insight after the people that he's talked to today. But here's what we know. Scott Frost is not in the head coaching spot anymore. It's Mickey Joseph. We heard why they went away from Scott Frost. If you missed the press conference, I recommend you go back and listen to it because I think Trev put together a, a good voice into why they made the decision to move on. But I've also been listening to a lot of takes, whether it's here in town or nationally, about... How do I want to put this? 
names were thrown out there. When, when I'm talking about the national search, names were thrown out there. But what names could be the next name at Nebraska if it's not Mickey Joseph? And how we kind of move forward this season as Nebraska. So as I look at it, Nebraska is still a desirable coaching destination. Whether people want to say so or not, whether we look back on uh, the losing seasons, being a coach in a Power 5 conference at a school like Nebraska with the rich history, with the crazy loyal fans that have stuck around through thick and thin even after the 90s run, the 90s national championship runs, it speaks wonders to every coach out there that wants to be a head coach someday at a school like Nebraska. There's Big Ten changes, monumental changes that are also taking place that will be keeping people itching to want to be a part of a program like Nebraska. Nebraska not only has top-notch facilities, they have the sellout streak going for them as well. Now it just boils down to how do you win, right? How do you win? As somebody that grew up in the late 90s, I was born in 1997. Everyone else my age or after does not know what it's like to win at Nebraska outside of the Pelini era. We just don't see it. I didn't grow up in town, but I have friends that do. And they are uberly frustrated at the fact that they can't worship the team that came before them, right? Am I, am I wrong to say that? They don't know what it's like to be a part of a winning football program. But this is where everything changes. And I'm only going back four years as we bring in Anna Bellinghausen. Anna coming straight home from Lincoln. Straight from Lincoln. A beeline shot. Lots of thoughts. And, and I can't wait to bring you in. But what I was aiming at here is people that are our age do not know what it's like mm -hmm. to have a winning team outside of the Pelini era. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you were used to the nine-win seasons, the eight-win seasons. Always, like a bowl game growing up for me, born in 2000, mind you, it felt automatic. A, a bowl game was no question. We were going to win six games. That was that was the standard, right? And then fire Bo Pelini right after, what, a, a nine-win season, I'm pretty sure. It's it's crazy looking back now. Like That was so taken for granted of where the situation is today. And it's very, again, telling. I know you were talking about the fans. It's crazy. I was at the game last night as well, and that is the quietest I've ever heard Memorial Stadium ever in my entire life. Yet it was Just, loud for a lot of that game. It was very loud, and there was a lot of lot of hope. And, I mean, it was just a back-and-forth game, but so eerily quiet. And I was watching all the fans walk out. People weren't, like, up in arms, like, yelling or anything. It was just like your head was down. You're just walking out of the stadium. It's like all the hope was just gone right there in that moment. It was, it was a really sad day in Lincoln. A very, very sad day. Somber. Like, it just felt like everyone just gave up all the hope. But now Mickey Joseph is holding the reins. Yep. And Trev, Albert, Trev Alberts made that apparent when mm -hmm. he just delivered that press conference there. Yep. He said, Mickey Joseph is our head coach, mm -hmm. and I'm putting full trust in there. Now, we've, we've gotten some comments already before we even launched the live, before we even saw the press conference mm -hmm. of 
why do it now? Why not wait 22 days? We, yep. we, we get that. I, I understand the point completely. Uh, you waited so long. Why do it now? But here's my takeaway from that. And it may be a, a, a contrary viewpoint, but Mickey Joseph now is in position to coach nine games. Mm-hmm. I know he. if we would have waited, if Nebraska would have waited, he would have had eight games because right. you have the bye week and, and then here you are. But think about what it does for him now. So you take over before the Oklahoma series. Okay, yeah. it, let's just mark it off our calendar. It's not going to be a win. The, yeah. the way Nebraska is playing right now, it's not it, unless some miracle right. happens. It, it's it's one of those one score loss wins, like right. you know whatever it is at right. the end of the game. Uh, I, I'm marking it off as as just an X right now. Yeah. But then you have the bye week, so now you have built up two weeks as a head coach working with this team yep. with only missing one game. Meanwhile, you wait until October and say you fire Scott on October one. Well, you're building up into big 10 play at this mm-hmm. point, And now you have four days to prep for your conference schedule yep. opposed to two weeks of time to really get your feet wet with the guys and instill confidence in the players that, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm here. I belong. And don't X out an interim coach either. Right. Because I come from a town where an interim coach stepped up when the team was in last place mm-hmm. and ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. And boom, you solidify your spot as a head coach. I am not dismissing Mickey Joseph being the head coach next year either. I know there's a national hunt. Right. I know there will be a search for a guy that's leading a, another top tier program right now oh, and or a defensive coordinator, offensive mm-hmm. co- whatever it is. I'm still thinking Mickey Joseph, if he does work. Yeah. If he gets Nebraska to a bowl game, he is top three for me to take over oh. and be a solidified head coach 100%. here at Nebraska. Yeah, and I loved how Trev addressed that in the press conference and was like, he's our guy. And you can tell Trev's all in. And I think he really did try his best of what he could do with Scott. And I think that was very apparent. I liked how you know, he didn't necessarily say anything bad about him. It was It was all like, hey, everyone wanted to see him succeed and it just wasn't happening simply. But I think Trev delivered a beautiful, honestly, press conference of the best that he could probably do in that moment, and I really respect him for that. And that decision, I think, with Mickey, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. And how Mickey is so energetic, like he was talking about in the press conference, I think that's it. Just has to this the program is in shambles, right? Like there's probably a lot of mistrust. There's probably a lot of lot of rumors that are gonna come up of who, what coach they're talking to as well. I mean, Mickey just has to block all that out and coach football game. And then another good point is that it's a Fox broadcast too. It's a big noon game. There's going to be a lot of media, not like national media. This is the number one story, of course, um, with the firing of Scott Frost. It's it's a big week to be put into that position. And I think a, a decision like this, you look even further into the future. Mm-hmm. You're trying to build tomorrow's fan mm-hmm. at Nebraska. In 10 to 15, 20 years, if things continued to go the way that they are going, you're not going to have any fans left to sell out to. 100%. Right now, you're selling out to people that have watched this team for decades and buy those seats and continue the sellout streak and to tell their next kids, grandkids, that this Nebraska team is worth rooting for. Mm -hmm. But then you see our generation growing up and what we know and it doesn't feel like a team that we should be rooting for. It's so tough. now you're you're pulling in different schools from different areas. You may be a kid in Nebraska rooting for Iowa. I know that's you know almost a sin to say, but you may because that team wins. Right. You're trying to build the tomorrow's fan, and how do you do that? 
that's another reason why when I listen back to what a lot of people have had to say today, mm -hmm. I don't dismiss the idea of bringing in a coach with a little bit of baggage. Right. Everybody out there has baggage. You may bring in somebody with more, and I think you know who I'm alluding to here. I can't. I can't. And Not urban. as an outsider looking in, Urban Meyer is still on my list. I, yeah. I don't care what anybody else has to say. He wins. Right. He wins at the college level. I don't think Trev would hire Urban. And that's fine. But I I don't want to dismiss names like him. Right. You don't have to hire right. him. But I don't want to make a list that says I'm only hiring what Nebraska has done in the past. Yeah. I'm hiring Mr. Character. Mr. Calls their mom every night. Mm -hmm. Mr. Goes to church on Sundays. You don't absolutely have to fit the Tom Osborne mold right, right. to win games. Bo Pelini proved that. I know that's another reason that got yeah. him fired, but he won games. I think that's what people are missing here mm -hmm. is that you want to bring in a guy that wins football games, right? Am right. I wrong? No, you're not. I think the losing has gotten old, right? Like no one's, it feels like every single game, there's always this hype build up to it. I felt the same thing. Like you get the same feeling when you hear the tunnel walk songs and all of all of the cannons going off and everything like that, that's still there. But yesterday, just like, there's just no hope. There's just, you know, it's, it's, it's super sad. And I, I remember looking up at Memorial last night after the loss, we like hung out around the tailgate areas in the donor lot, empty, completely empty. Like no one was there tailgating, nothing. And it was sad. Like no one, no one was showing out for the game. There wasn't the same energy. It's just different. Michael Severe joining us now here at Hale Varsity Club. Michael, thank you for being here. Good afternoon to no you. Problem. How are you guys doing? Good. Very good. And uh, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this coaching <laughs> yeah. move. And I'm sure, I'm sure you've already shared a lot of them. But do you mind uh, digging back into your pool of thoughts and no. uh, letting us know what you think? Well, let me first say that I'm on board with you with Urban Meyer. Um, today's Sunday. I would have hired him yesterday. Uh, I don't care about what you say about his character uh, you want to reference Tom Osborne. There's a lots of books out there about things that, that Dr. Tom turned a blind eye to. If we had Twitter and we had social media today, some of those things, the, just the program would have been shut down with some of the things that happened in Nebraska in the 90s. So I don't want to hear about character. Bring me a guy who wins. That's all sure. that matters. Uh, the other part of this is I think it's Matt Campbell. I think Matt Campbell's the guy. Um, I know Trev likes Matt Campbell. I think he wanted Matt Campbell when he originally got here. Um, but he knew if I fired Fr uh, Frost after year four, I'd be stuck in a Frank Soul situation where half the fan base would be saying, oh, you fired him too soon. Mm -hmm. You fired him too early. This way you let him fire himself. You let him have the Northern Illinois moment. Lose to a team that no one's expecting. That allows you to get fired. And so he let him do that to himself. He gets fired. And now he can go out and get the guy he wants. Matt Campbell makes $4 million. There's a buyout. Nebraska's got the money for it. They just proved it by paying the full 17 and a half or whatever they had to. They, they have the money. They'll be fine. And they'll go out and go get Matt Campbell, bring him in here, former offensive line coach, line it up, run, win the line of scrimmage, which they haven't done since Bo was here, and turn this thing around. That's what needs to happen. And I love Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell was yeah. somebody that I covered heavily when I was up in Sioux City, Iowa, covering the Iowa State football team. The only thing that worries me about Matt Campbell is he – he and that and his players have such a tight relationship. I almost That's worry I that his emotions may keep him at Iowa State. He, for me, would be number right. one option too. But let, let do me you, just, you think he me. would leave? Let me just—that's my wallet. I just put on the table. <laughs> you money whip him to where he comes. Um, Eight million dollars, buddy. You're coming to coaching. I love your coaches. Love everybody else. Love your players. 
you're leaving and coming to Nebraska. You had a chance to build uh, a legacy you could never build with Cyclones. You come here, you bring Nebraska back. They're building another statue on the other side from where Devaney is. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what you do. You come here and do that. There's no other program in the country where he could go win and become the hero that he could become here he'd never have to buy him the drink he'd never have to worry about his next three generations of family because the money would be paid for if they offer matt campbell the job matt campbell's coming to nebraska yeah well, my wallet back in the park yeah i was gonna say can Keep i maybe uh, take that bank of america card <laughs> in just, there or something you take, you take care of him i just i it's hard to cut you off before i apologize oh, but good. i just he is just the guy that i think fits perfectly in what nebraska needs yeah. give me a guy who has succeeded with less and that's what he has. I don't. You can say whatever you want sure about has. Iowa State, and I don't. I don't want to make it seem like they're poor because everybody's got money because the conferences are paying out TV money. But look at what Iowa State has. Look at what Nebraska has. Yeah. Everything that Scott Frost wanted, every single little thing they provided for him. You want to change coaches? Fine. You want to. You want to fix the the practice facility? Fine. You want to build a brand new facility? That's fine. Every single thing he wanted, he got. He had everything he needed. When's the last time Matt Campbell got everything he wanted? Jamie Pollard does a great job, don't get me wrong, but there's no way in the world you could tell me he's going to get there what he can get here. Mm -hmm. So you come here, mm -hmm. you – I always make the analogy. You know, I, my father was a chef. My grandmother's a chef. I cook a lot. There's one thing to walk into a kitchen and have sardines on the shelf and have, like, some crackers and maybe – and make a meal because you're a good enough chef to do it. But you know what's great? To walk in and have a filet in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and have the best potatoes over here. Give me the ingredients, and the ingredients are here at Nebraska. They're not like that at Iowa State. So that's another reason yeah. why I think you Dude, make the move. Now, uh, the only thing like, I'm going to go back to my point here. The only thing that worries me is what you just said there, the money ball mentality, essentially. Money Billy, Billy Bean had the, the biggest amount of money thrown in his face to be the GM of the Red Sox way back when and didn't take it because of what he built at right. Oakland. I mean, Campbell's got NFL calls. so Ask him now. Right. Ask and, Billy and, Bean now. Right. Yeah. Ask Billy Bean now. <laughs> if you could go back, would you change your you mind? You know what? Maybe maybe Billy Bean gets hops on the Zoom call, too. I'm just saying, regret with the R.E. spelled correctly. <laughs> He's not going to – I think if you ask him later, after after he tried everything with A's and never won it, never got over the top, and Boston took his style and won with it, I Correct. think he'd probably change his mind. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't I, – Matt Campbell's still young enough. I love your take. I he's really still, do. He's still young enough. There's a bunch of guys out there. Don't get me wrong. There is – you know, I, I love Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold's mm -hmm. Kansas. at Kansas, mm -hmm. a, a horrible place to be. Was at Buffalo, a fairly horrible place to be. He was at Wisconsin Whitewater, a tough place to win, and he won. Lance is 58. That's the only drawback. He's got a tie to Nebraska. He, he loves Nebraska. He would come back here in a heartbeat. He's at Kansas, which is tough to win there, and he's 58 years old. Mm -hmm. You start going through all the other guys. Chris Kleiman's at Kansas State. Does Chris Kleiman want to leave Kansas State to come to Nebraska? Hell yes, he would leave Kansas State to come to Nebraska. <laughs> Have you been to Manhattan? <laughs> it's not a great place to be. It's not. The internet doesn't work very well. We couldn't do this show from Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> um, so I, I think there's a bunch of guys you could choose from. Right. And then you can also say, who, what's, what's the biggest name I, I can get? Oh, everybody brings up Kyle Whittenham from, um, from Utah. Mm -hmm. If that's the guy you think, you go to him and say, here's a bunch of money. And then he says no. And then you go, here's more money. And then he says no. And you go one more time. And if he says no again, then you move on. Mm -hmm. So you take your shots at the biggest guys, and then you move to your list. But I truly believe. Trev's number one guy on his list, without a doubt, is Matt Campbell. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Matt Campbell in Lincoln. I think he'd be perfect. He's, he's awesome. exactly what they need. I think he's and, he, and he's an offensive line coach. We this this he's a program coach too. Yeah, this program. If you look back and you look at when it was at its very best, it was the pipeline. And I'm talking about all the way through Bo, even Riley's 2016 year when they started off eight and zero, lost to Wisconsin, had every shot in the world to win that game. 
You look at that offensive line. That was a good, solid offensive line. Three or four of those guys got cups of coffee or hung out in the league because that was a good offensive line. Mm -hmm. It's kind of gone downhill since then, and now they're stuck with a bad right tackle, a left tackle who's got a bum knee. They've got guys in the middle who are six-year guys who couldn't start before their sixth year, and the only reason they're playing because there's nobody behind them. They have to get that offensive line fixed. Matt Campbell would fix the offensive line. I think another name to throw out there, too, is Alex Grinch. And and it's it's a defensive look, and the reason I throw this name out there is because, well, you follow Lincoln Riley to USC. And you'll you'll win at USC, but then once USC makes the move, like you know, big conference changes happening, maybe it's time for Alex Grinch to say, "Hey, it's my turn." The, the, the expanded conference, and now I can go up against the best of the best. When we had when when Nebraska had Bo Pelini, mm-hmm. defensive minded head coach, sure. they were a, a, a successful team. The way I look at the defense right now for Nebraska, and I, I it's, it's a, I'm faulting myself because I'm only giving them three games to look at here. But I look at all of the miscues that have been taking place over the first three games of this season, and I think they could really benefit from another defensive-minded head coach. If I was going to go hire a defensive-minded head coach, and I like Alex Grinch, he's been a good assistant in his career. Dave Aranda's the guy you go to. Another one. You go to Baylor Baylor. and you say, here's a whole bunch of money, and you know what they can pay at Baylor. You know they have a limited budget there. Nebraska doesn't have that limited budget. If you want a defensive-minded guy, you'll get Dave Aranda. They ran a highest level LSU, finally got his chance with with Baylor and and won the Big 12 last year. That's the guy I would go get if you're talking defense. And a big turnaround. And he's young still. Dave's still young. Yeah, he had a huge turnaround from year one to year two there. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm not – dismissing that name either. Anna, there was a big list that Pete Thamel released today. Mm-hmm. A bunch of names that Nebraska could have gone after. You've heard three of them. Yep. Do you have a different name or are you siding with one name? I mean, Matt Campbell, in my opinion, is the best guy for the job. I totally agree with that. I'm really intrigued to see how Mickey Joseph will do at the helm. Like, what are your thoughts on Mickey running it? Like, I, I, Why was it Mickey, in your opinion? Well, he's the associate head coach. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's right. your job is. He's the associate head coach. See, there's the word assistant makes you think, well, they're all assistants. Mm-hmm. When you put associate, that means you get a little bit extra money and when something happens, you're the guy who is now in charge. Mm-hmm. Say Scott had an appendix, uh, appendicitis, had to go to the hospital. Mickey would be in charge. Gotcha. So that's why he's the head coach. Um, I'm a big fan of Mickey. Um, we went to high school the same time in New Orleans. He was at Shaw, was at Dill Sal. Uh, we crossed over for three years in high school. Um, big fan of his. Love Mickey. Mickey coached as a head coach at Langston at that level and has been an assistant in a bunch of different places, whether it's Grambling as a running backs coach, LSU as a wide receivers coach. Do I think Ricky, Mickey is a head coach? I don't. Um, his strength is recruiting. When you become a head coach, you then become just the guy at the end who's the closer. You're not the guy that goes out there and watches the tape and picks the guys, Mm -hmm. goes to the hometown. That's what Mickey's strength is, and that's where I think he belongs. I don't believe that he is a head coach. I think I heard what you said earlier, and if everything's go great, maybe they upset Oklahoma and whatever else, I don't think Mickey's the choice. Um, But I would say this. The University of Nebraska, in the history of the University of Nebraska, any sport, they've never mm-hmm. had African-American yeah, coach. Never had one. And it would be, I have chills right now thinking about it. It would mm-hmm. be so cool to have an African-American coach at Nebraska after all of these years. Um, but I don't believe Mickey's going to be the guy. I think they have a list. I think Matt Campbell's, Matt Campbell's at the top of the list. I think Mickey will do a good job. You look at the schedule. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they have four wins on the schedule. <laughs> yeah. I know you said, right. hey, I don't think they have four wins on the schedule. So, Well, I'm not saying they win eight games. Yeah. I'm saying he's just in the best opportunity yeah, now by firing right. Scott Frost early. Yeah. I, I know you have to pay the $7.5 million, but by firing him early, you reinstill confidence not only in your fan base, but your team that, yeah. hey, things I, I acknowledge things weren't working. 
we know things aren't working. So what we're going to do is make that change. Right. And by bringing in Mickey Joseph now, he has that so-called tune-up game. I'm going to use it as a two, uh, in air quotes, tune-up game for Oklahoma. Uh, that The Nebraska team that they're playing right now, that sure as heck seems like what Oklahoma is going to be playing. Then you have a bye week. So now you have two, two and a half weeks of time before Big Ten play opens back up yep. instead of just, hey, four day, or here's four days, try mm-hmm. to win against Indiana. Right. Yeah, yep. having the bye week does happen afterwards. First of all, I, I think they'll compete against Oklahoma. I yes. think Nebraska's offense will move the ball. They're going to score. The question is, can they slow Oklahoma down? Is Oklahoma going to lay a half a hundred as coach um, uh, that they used to say back in the day when they played? I, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if they could do that, but I think Nebraska is going to stay in the game. I have a feeling it's going to be a close game. I think the players are going to play hard for Mickey. They really care for him. I know the defensive guys care for chins, even though it was so horrible yesterday. And you're talking with 7.8 yards of reception, uh, uh, a carry 11.1 re- yards of reception. It was horrible yesterday, but they'll still play hard for chins. It's going to be a big game. The place will be rocking at 11 o'clock. Big Fox will be here. Yep. I think they're going to play well. I don't think they're going to get blown out. Now, after the bye week, after things calm down, I worry about a trap game against Indiana for sure. Um, but I think they're going to play really well on Saturday. I, and I've heard a lot of things already. And this, I've heard everything on Twitter, on you know our YouTube chats already. We've been doing lives all afternoon long of why didn't Chenander go to? And look, it, we're not talking about three games. Mm-hmm. Chenander... Uh, over the past, what, three, four years has been successful as a defensive coordinator. Yes. It, when it comes to Scott Frost, it's it's four years in three games. It's not just these three games that said, hey, no, no more. And just know this. It's not all about the losses or the lack of wins. You can call it that. There's so much. If somebody really wants to write a book about this tenure, it would be, first of all, it would allow Trev to walk away and go, this is why. Because he can't talk about that stuff. Right. He can't talk about his head coach being late for practice every day. He can't talk about his head coach not making recruiting phone calls. He can't talk about And I can talk about it, you know, because it's over. But there's a whole bunch of stuff. There was a mess up there. It was an absolute – you had assisting coaches going to the athletic department and saying – the AD and going, hey, this is happening. Help us. That should not happen. You should not have to have your assistant coaches complaining about your head coach because he's not doing what he wants to – what's supposed to be doing. That's an issue. And so hopefully somebody writes all that down and puts it in a little book and sells it. Um, so that'll be, that way Trev can go. It wasn't about the losses. It was about everything. Right. This guy was not, for whatever reason, committed to doing what he was supposed to do as the head coach in Nebraska. I don't know why. I don't know why. But he hasn't been. And I'm talking, not just talking about this year after they forced him to make changes. I'm talking about the, every year he's been in here. Every year he's been here, it's been stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you want to go around, there's stories all over, the, all over Lincoln about things that he did or didn't do that he was supposed to. This is, this is a lack of commitment on his part. He wanted to be the head coach. He wanted to make the money. But the commitment to everything else was not there. And that is a distinct problem. That's why he's not the head football coach why, more than anything why else. Why do you think he was so successful? Go back to the UCF days. What, well, I mean, really and, truly, really and truly, you're talking one year. Yeah. So if you go back and you watch what happened in 2016, um, they had a real tough year at UCF, mainly because of the fact that they had a hurricane come through there and they missed games. And they had moved stuff around. Mm-hmm. By the end of that year, go back and watch that bowl game they played. They got their asses handed to them. Mm-hmm. They looked horrible. Now, they go to the next year, right? And they get some breaks. They had the best turnover luck I've ever seen in my life. They had zero. Their quarterback, McKenzie Milton, had zero fumbles. Remember, this is what I want you to know about Scott Frost-led offenses. For six straight years, his quarterback 
was in the top five of fumbles. Mariota top five of fumbles. doesn't matter. Martinez top five of fumbles. For some reason, they had great fumble luck. Um, they just didn't turn the ball over. The offense clicked. I believe it was like 7.7 .7 points per possession. Or no, excuse me, per yards per point, points per yard, whatever. It was the number one by a whole full point over everybody else. It was just things broke well. Yeah. They had a lot of talent. It worked out well. I think if he went back the next year, it wouldn't have been anything near that because regression happens both directions, right. both positive and negative. Um, it wasn't a horrible team that he took over, by the way. I know they were 0-12, but they had a ton of talent. Tons. Um, they had a problem. Oh, we have a problem with the microphone. They had, <laughs> they had an issue with uh, a head coach deciding he wanted to be the AD, and that things fell apart and they ended up going 0-12. I'm not saying he is not a good coordinator. I think he's a really good wide receiver coach mm -hmm. and in terms of recru recruiter. As a head coach is where he is lacking. Right. He is lacking in the discipline of the things he's supposed to be doing yeah. as a head coach. Do I you think, think – Sorry to quickly no, just no. butt in on that point. I think the blinders were up a little bit when Scott Frost did get hired at Nebraska because you saw the 13-0 and season. You're like, wow, this was so fantastic. But mm -hmm. you didn't go into detail of what led him to this point. Because to even further your point, Michael, is at Oregon, he had – a national championship caliber team that he was in a, a, a quarterback's coach, wide receivers coach on. Then you go be the head coach. coordinator. Exactly. Sorry. And then you go to UCF and you had a, a six and seven season, I believe. And then you go yep. 13 and 0. But to your point, that team was good. That defense was fantastic. Yep. And then the regression happened later as you move on to the next spot. But because he's the prodigal son of Nebraska, because he's this, that, and the other thing, the blinders were up a little bit on, is he going to be a proper head coach for this team? And it, it, it just it showed it wasn't. My question is, in the presser, Trev said Scott will go on and be successful in his coaching career somewhere else. Do you think he could be a head coach somewhere else? I think there's a chance at a lower level. Um, yeah. You know, the Sun Belt is a, a very creative leader. We saw that yesterday with it's, all the success. I was going to say, the Sun Belt seems to be like the pipeline for yeah. you didn't make it at Power <laughs> 5. Go to the Fun Belt and take your shot, you know, in the Fun Belt. Um, I think that's <laughs> certainly an that's certainly a, a opportunity he has. Um, he could certainly go be a coordinator or a coach and be a very good recruiter and have a good career. I, I don't think at this – unless he changes everything about the way he organizes – and the way he commits, mm -hmm. which is possible. He's only 47, I think. He's 47 years old, or maybe he's going on 48, and some people mature later than others, and maybe that, maybe this is a wake-up call. Here's the problem with that, though, is I don't believe it is. This is a very proud to the arrogant man, and when you're that proud and you're that arrogant, you will always believe, even if you fail, that your way is the right way, mm -hmm. and so you won't change, and I don't think he's the guy that's going to change. Um, Marcellus Wallace, you know, in Pulp Fiction, talked about pride mm -hmm. and what pride meant to He's that kind of dude. He is that kind of guy where he is going to his way. It didn't work, but it wasn't my fault. It was everybody else's fault. We saw him from the day one he took the job start blaming Mike Riley and everybody else. And through the whole time, he always found somebody to blame, right? He always would say the line, you know, we have more committed guys than we've ever had than we had last year. Basically saying we didn't have enough committed guys last year. Yep. We had more guys doing this than we had last year. So again, you're blaming the guys from last year. He always was a guy who would blame, 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 blame. And you can't do that as a coach, man. You just got to say simply, it's on me. Mm -hmm. Buck stops here. I'm moving on. And I don't know if, especially with his record, he would, I remember last year, at the end of the year, if he won eight games for the next 10 years, it would take that long for him to get back to 500, God. which is crazy to think about, right? I mean, so yeah. he, he's a guy that right now is in a, a low position, take his money, go sit down, think about it for a year, reassess, 
and then maybe you know take a coordinator job or an assistant job and that yep. kind of thing. We've got questions flying in on YouTube at Herdat Sports if you want to reach us. Uh, question from Bobby Redwine. Do you think Nebraska will drop to a group of five school? What? Yeah, I They lost to a group of, of five school if you mean drop. <laughs> no, they're not going to go to a group of five school. Maybe, look, look, the maybe Big at Ten, competition level the rest of the year? Like, the Big are we Ten talking loves, about? Are you, the are, Big Ten went out and got – so go back to when 2009 was happening in 2010, and they're trying to decide between Missouri and Nebraska. Missouri fit the academic standard for the Big Ten completely, everything about it. But eyeballs – and a lot of people betting on and uh, what the network believes about Nebraska and all of that. That's why Nebraska became a member of the Big Ten. And there's a reason why Nebraska played Iowa, uh, Ohio State like six years in a row because they wanted uh, another 800-win team playing another 800-win team, right? That's what they want. And they value Nebraska. Nebraska's not going anywhere. When Plus, with all the changes and the money that's coming in with the, with the, at, at the added conference here, there's no way that – they're, they're not going, going anywhere. anywhere. They weren't going anywhere last year when people were talking about two years ago about them going back to the Big 12. They weren't going anywhere then. There's no way they were giving yeah. up that kind of cash. It's not going to happen. And you know what's funny is that the last thing that the academics, and believe it or not, the University of Nebraska is still an academic institution. The last thing they would want is to drop down to a conference that is filled with, you know, tier two academic schools, which Nebraska kind of is a little bit. I think they're ranked like a 104th or something in the country. Um, so they're, they're kind of that too, but they don't want to go play with a whole bunch of those teams. You don't want to be with Texas right. Tech. I mean, Texas Tech is a so no offense to anybody who went to Texas Tech, but Texas Tech is a horrible ins- academic edu- institution. You don't want to be a- associated with that. You want to be associated with Big Ten schools. Yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes just took a timeout to give you a call. <laughs> to give me a call? Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to worry about his brain. Just keep <laughs> yeah. doing stuff with his arm. It'd be fine. Now, I don't know if this question was alluding to the fact that at the level of competition that they're playing right now, is that what it like seems like? But the way the question is phrased, it's definitely the way that, that Severe just answered it. I, there's no shot. There's no shot. Not going anywhere. No. Well, yeah. Michael, thanks so much. Hey, no problem, man. You stopping by. No problem. It's a it's a crazy day. I've been through this day now four times. Um, <laughs> different situations. <laughs> you know? Are you going to hope for another four? I or? don't want. I I rather not. You know. I mean, Frank's was a unique situation because none of us saw it coming. You know, Friday they beat Colorado. Saturday morning, you're like, what? Really? Um, and have to go deal with that. Everybody saw Callahan stuff coming. It wasn't mm-hmm. a surprise. We were out there live that next morning, waiting for it to happen. We knew they had a meeting. We saw that. Bo was a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, it was. It was Sunday. I'm making pancakes. Um, Bo gets fired. You're like, what the heck happened? And then Mike Riley wasn't a surprise. We all knew after Northern yeah. Illinois, it was, that was inevitable. Over. This is not a surprise that it happened. But if it happened today, I thought it would be a bye week move. I thought they'd play Oklahoma. Whatever happened, happened. And then, yeah, bye week. But Trev's smart. He knows. Maybe Nebraska upsets Oklahoma. Maybe Nebraska loses the game by one point. And then all of a sudden, there's these people going, well, you can't fire him now. So yeah. that's why he did it today, in my opinion. Yeah, well, thanks so much. We no appreciate problem, you joining Thank us you this so afternoon. Michael Severe here uh, on Herdat Sports, YouTube, live, and Twitter. Keep your questions coming with Anna Bellinghouse and Andrew Rogers. Um, Pat, anything with Matt Schick? We, is Matt Schick still waiting for Matt Schick? And then roughly two minutes, we'll try to get him on, uh, throw some questions our way. We'll get those to Matt. And uh, Matt's just an insane brain when it yes. comes to college football and college sports just in general. But a lot of good point, points brought up there yeah. uh, by Michael Severe, and um, I love his Matt Campbell take to let's like maybe uh, put the anchor in on the ship right now. Man, and I love there. I love Matt Campbell, and I'm also like a big Iowa State fan, so that'd be that'd be awesome. Now the way I think though is okay. So you have Casey Thompson in the spot right now, yep. quarterback, right? So you bring in Matt Campbell, Casey Thompson. What's he listed on the ro- roster? Is he redshirt? He has junior? one more year. Redshirt junior. Yeah. So that would make him a redshirt junior. 
So you bring in, say, Matt Campbell. We're, we're just going to throw out a hypothetical to you guys out there. You bring in Matt Campbell. Does Hunter Deckers come with Matt Campbell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Honestly, because though, Hunter Deckers chose that school right. in particular because of Matt Campbell. And right. now he always joked like, you know, it was between Iowa State and Iowa for me. And he said that in his press conference yesterday mm-hmm. or a couple of days ago. No, it would have been yesterday. Um, and said, you know, it was a toss up because he's a kid from Northwest Iowa. He played in small town, um, small town USA of West Sioux. Mm-hmm. Will he come though with his head coach if, if his head coach were to move? I no, think that's, a, that's, that's an interesting an interesting I, point. Hey, we might see it happen more often than ever in the realm of college football and where it's at in the modern day. But and he's that'd be awesome. Uber talented. Yeah, Hunter be, Decker's two time state champion. He backed right. up Brock Purdy for yep. a couple of years, and now he's the guy. But yep. would he be the guy at Nebraska? I think so. With the shift in conferences and the teams that he would end up playing right. if Matt Campbell came, right. you leave the Big 12 and you come to the Big 10. Yeah, wow, huge. I mean, that's a huge difference in what that can do. And I'm not, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but what that can do for your draft stock someday. Mm-hmm. 100%. What that can do. No, just the level of playing the Big 10s, obviously, at a different level. And what's happening with UCLA coming in, obviously, all the changes and everything. And the Big 10 is an exciting place to be, I feel like, right now. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. That would be pretty crazy, though, Andrew. I, I wouldn't hate it. Now, essentially what Nebraska has to do now, and this is what Trev Alberts is going home and thinking about, and I'm sure he was thinking about for a while, is who's that next generation head coach yeah. that you can get those next generation players, right? Mm-hmm. So the way I think about it, the way I think about it is you look at, I'm going to go, uh, you know, uh, national here at Golden State. They weren't very good before Steph Curry didn't have that big national brand like Nebraska has been trying to build for a long time. You get Steph Curry on that team. He's a generational talent. Yep. They have a generational coach. They win a title. Steph Curry is one of the most the craziest shooter. And like, you know, he can shoot from deep. He can do weird moves like he can dribble two basketballs faster than anybody can do anything else. And people are buying Steph Curry shirts all across the nation. Mm-hmm. But you don't see that anywhere with Nebraska. Yeah. I grew up in Missouri. I didn't watch Nebraska on the weekends. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing people watch Nebraska. And, I, and I'm not saying like, you know, you grow up in a college town, you watch yeah. that college. It's just Nebraska doesn't have the reach that Bama has, Georgia has, Clemson has, Florida That's, State has had. It's true in a way. the 90s. So I'm saying now you have to focus on grabbing that next generational coach that can bring you back to that tier. Right. I mean, I'm probably biased because I'm I grew up a Husker fan, but like I feel like everywhere I travel, I run into a Husker fan. But I don't know. You also uh, travel everywhere Husker fans go. Yeah, I must. <laughs> Arizona, a lot of Husker fans there. No, they have like and a you're right. Husker you, bar there's, and everything. There's probably places everywhere, yeah. and, and I'm so Midwest oriented that I haven't looked like that. Um, but uh, yeah, you know that's they've, just the way I'm thinking. They've got the brand, but nothing can compare right. to Bama. Let's bring in Matt Schick. Matt Schick online with us. Matt, can hey, you hear guys. us? Hey, Matt. I got you. Hey, What's big. What's going on? Another, another slow news day. I was yeah. going to say, nothing going on today. Um, I'm sure you have, uh, haven't have been busy at all with you know your college football show and everything, but uh, there was a, a, a slight bit of news that did come out around noon today. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Scott Frost was fired. Yeah, I just did an hour-long show on uh, Sirius XM uh, ESPNU Radio, tearing the news conference and, and talking to some folks about it. So, yeah, it was uh, – it was quite a quite a morning. Uh, I think, like most, I didn't expect it till October first. But I, I guess the the mantra of if you're going to do it eventually, do it immediately. And Trev Average just said, "Look, I I owe it to the players, I owe it to the fans, I owe it to everyone to make the right decision and not let dollars stand in the way of the right move." 
and he couldn't let it go any further. And um, I applaud Trev for that. I was going to just further that point one more time. I've been talking about this in entire show that I think it sets Mickey Joseph up better to have nine games opposed to eight games and uh, more time to have his uh, develop the team that he wants to have now over two weeks before Big Ten play launches. But uh, you said it. How, I want to ask you, though, wh- what do you think? How does this reinstill confidence not only in the players that are currently on Nebraska's roster, but also the fan base? Well, I think it's just uh, it just sends the message that you know, we're, we're, you're done putting up with what we've seen. Um, and that I think Trev made it clear that he did everything he could to allow Scott Frost to be successful. Um, Scott Frost did what he could. Um, I do not believe Scott Frost was built for this job. I'm not sure he's built for a head coaching job at a major conference. Um, and I think Trev Alberts probably learned that probably like many didn't want to acknowledge that because you want Scott Frost to be successful. The best story you ever could have written would be Scott Frost coming home and winning a national championship or, or returning them to the nine, 10 wins that Nebraska fans want. But I think what you've seen is when a program has a little slow or a low margin for error, a very slim margin for error, the details matter a lot. And when you can't win close games, it's not because the law of averages is going against you. It's because the system and the head coach are screwed up. And I think that's what uh, Trev Alberts recognized. And I think, you know, a change uh, for the better is has happened. But there's no guarantee that that means you're going to win anything of substance in the future. It just means what you had wasn't working and you need to start over. Matt, who would be on your short list to hire at Nebraska? I think Matt Campbell's the obvious look, but I'm not sure that's a lateral move for him. Um, that's just the state of Nebraska football at this point. Um, I would look at the, the Lance Leipolds, uh, the grinders like him. Um, I would look at a Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, who's a grinder, who's a, a defensive-minded coach. Uh, Dave Aranda's name has been thrown about. I think he might need to, you know... Uh, I would like to see a little bit more from him uh, after just one season, but he's another name that I think deserves some consideration. And, you know, a, a handful like that, but I think, you know, whoever it's going to be has to be someone who understands that this is a full-time, if not overtime type of job. Uh, and like Trev said, you can't have hobbies when you have this job. Yes. Uh, you, you need, Nebraska has a lot of it, advantages to it. The fan base uh, the passion, the money, the Big Ten, the tradition, the history, the support. But the disadvantages force you to put in long hours. And those disadvantages are just 1.8 million folks in the state, not a lot of folks in your 500-mile radius to be able to recruit. And frankly, you're kind of in flyover country. So it's just not, it's not built like it used to be. The landscape has changed. And people... Uh, you know, there's a reason people aren't flooding Nebraska and moving to Nebraska. People are moving south, and Nebraska is kind of in that spot where they have to make up for it in different ways. And one of those ways you do that is with elite head coaches and coaches who can develop talent. Because Nebraska, I've said it many times, is a developmental program. They are not recruit the four- and five-star guys, let's sling it around the yard. They are recruit, recruit the three-stars, turn them into four-stars, and by the time they're three years in the program, they're ready to rock and roll. Matt, say 
Mickey Joseph takes this team, sprinkles some fairy dust, wishes upon a star, and gets them to a bowl game by year's end. Do you think he has a shot to remain as head coach at Nebraska? Oh, I don't think there's any question that if what you're saying happens, that he's going to be considered. I mean, you'd be doing yourself an injustice if this guy goes on like, you know, a seven and one run or something like that and pulls off some, I mean, put yourself in a situation where they go and beat Oklahoma, the stadium goes nuts, you beat Wisconsin, you beat Minnesota. Sure, all of those things are on the table. But we are also saying the things of if Scott Frost wins eight games, can he save his job? I mean, you know, there's a lot of ifs. You know, when your team starts one and two and you're saying if they if they can win double-digit games. I mean, look, there's a lot of things that have to go right. Personnel-wise, they just aren't there. This isn't just a scheme issue. There's a lot there systemically within that program that have gone awry. Uh, that, you know, I think Mickey Joseph probably has a good handle on what a good program looks like. And I think when he walked into Nebraska, I bet you he quickly realized that uh, things are not what they seem from afar, and there's a lot going on within that program that needs fixed. And I would be very interested to see what changes, big or small, Mickey Joseph makes here in the next week or two. Matt, do you think people are wrong to to have names already on that list dismissed, uh, one name being Urban Meyer? No, I I think you need to dismiss that name. I think you need to dismiss Tom Herman's name. You, You you need a guy who's going to grind, who does things the right way. I think Urban Meyer would be a disgrace. I think he's, he was a disgrace as a head coach. Uh, I think he was an embarrassment in Jacksonville. And Nebraska deserves better. Nebraska deserves better than what Scott Frost produced. They de- deserve better than what Urban Meyer is. And um, and I would scratch him off. I don't if 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 Trev Alberts even gets the pen out and writes the U in Urban Meyer, I think it's just an embarrassment. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that train. No Urban Meyer, I mean, in my opinion, at least. I know he's won football games. He's he's done it on the college level. It didn't work out whatsoever in Jacksonville, and that was ugly to watch, honestly, Matt. Um, but looking forward at what Nebraska can put together of the pieces of the season, what are your expectations or what it, what's the fans' expectations of what this team could even be with Mickey taking the helm right now? Uh, I, I think it's, uh, well, there's some, probably some structural things that Mickey's going to want to shore up some organizational things. Uh, I think things, I think most of the things that are going to change are going to be behind the scenes, things that we can't see, but might translate to the field, whether it's player accountability, whether it's coaching accountability, uh, whether it's the way you just conduct yourself in a news conference after a win or a loss. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of things there that are going to get shored up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of fan expectations, I think it's just to act professionally, uh, both on camera and behind the camera. I think it's represent the university in a positive light. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, w- in terms of the on-the-field product, um, I still think a bowl game is a reasonable expectation after a one-and-two start. And I think Mickey Joseph could be the guy to do that. It's sad to say, as a for those who've covered this program and have been fans of the program for a long time, that those are the, the baseline expectations. But after you lose to Georgia Southern, it's it's hard to put him any higher than that right now. Matt, I know we talked a little bit about Scott Frost um, and you talking about how you don't really see him as a head coach in the future. But uh, the topic on everybody's mind right now is where 
will Scott Frost end up? Where do you think he'll end up? Do you think he'll go back to a school that he was already at, be a coordinator of some kind, or do you think um, he has a, a smaller D1 coaching job in his blood? Depends on how much he wants to grind and how much time he wants to put in. It depends on if he wants to change the way he operated at Nebraska. Some people are just wired a certain way. You know, uh, some people have it and some people don't. You know, um, I, I, I'm not sure I'm the right person to ask to answer that question, but I, I would say that he's like he wanted to do at Nebraska, he probably has to start over. Mm-hmm. Go be a coordinator somewhere. Uh, where do you want to be? You know, do you want to go down to the lower level? Do you want to go FCS and prove yourself in that way? Uh, maybe that's the way to do it. I mean, he's coached at, he's coached at the FCS level before as an assistant. Maybe that's what he wants to do. Um, but I just think, you know, by and large, the whole story of Scott Frost is just pretty, it's pretty sad how it turned out because I think when it first started and when he came to Nebraska, you'd be hard pressed to believe that there was a better coaching fit out there. Uh, he was the hot coach at that time. It was Frost, it was Dan Mullen, and it was Chip Kelly. Who would have thought Chip Kelly would be the last man standing of the three? Florida wanted Scott Frost, and now they've moved on from Dan Mullen and have Billy Napier. I mean, it, it, life moves at you fast. And uh, I think for Scott, you know, he had he never come back to Nebraska, his legacy would be intact as a national championship quarterback. He came back to Nebraska and probably did more to ruin his reputation than he could have ever imagined. Matt, were you surprised today that this news came out at noon? Like, did you think that this would be the day he would get fired? Well, it was either going to be today, next Sunday, or October 1st, right? So I I think there were three possible days. I was surprised it happened, but also frustrated with myself that I didn't think of it sooner. Uh, Because if you have an athletic director like Trev Alberts at the helm, who knows what great football looks like, and you're in that press box and you're watching your team give up 45 points to a Georgia Southern out of the Sun Belt at home. I'm not sure how you sleep at night. Trev said he didn't sleep last night. Uh, how do you go to work the next day and pretend everything's okay? Or we'll see how Oklahoma does. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you really take the 30,000 foot view, you would say, yeah, this should be done. And for those who say it should have been done last year, maybe you're right. But by waiting till now, you still save yourself 10 to $15 million. Uh, you could have saved seven and a half million more coming up, but you know, um, you might as well do it now so that maybe you don't lose other coaches uh, that you that you value down the stretch. That's Matt Schick. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. We know you're busy today uh, with your Sirius XM radio show, but we love what you do and uh, we appreciate you hopping on. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Uh, I'm sure you got a, a lot to talk about uh, for the next few weeks and, and the rest of the season, but uh, have a good one. Thanks, thanks a lot. Matt. Hey, thank you. And uh, the only thing that I will go back on is I'm going to go back on my soapbox here and I, I decide I'm all about winning. That's me. I, I understand the viewpoint. So, yeah. you, so I understand the, you know, we want somebody with good character in the head coaching role, but I'm also uh, just looking at the perspective that everyone else should be looking at. And we need to win football games. And where does that start with a head coach that can win football games? Yeah. I'm not saying it has to be him. I, I like I, I just want to stamp that down. I'm not saying that, but I yeah. also think it would be a disservice to the Nebraska fans and the Nebraska football program to at least not give the man a call. I do personally. I do. It's not a uh, very loved take yeah. by any means, but I, that's how I feel. Take a drink of water. Tell me what you feel. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I just. I can't. 
after the what happened in Jacksonville with him not even being on the it was, same plane, yeah, it was gross. like it was gross. It was. I just. I can't with him. It's baggage. And, it's gross. I get it. And honestly, I think if they hire Urban Meyer, they're just hiring a Scott Frost 2.0. Like, I don't think... I think there's better minds out there in college football, and Urban just comes with too much. And There's a lot a of great minds available. There's, yeah, a, there's a lot a, of great minds available. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be the number one, number no, two, number three all on All I'm on saying is it should not be dismissed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm making the case that every coach that you think can win at Nebraska should be on a list somewhere. Yeah. You can mark them off as fast as you want. You're, you're the one paying them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one over here just giving opinions and hot takes, essentially. But that is, that's just what I think. Yeah. That's just, I think every name that's a fair should point. be yeah. on the list. Anything else that you think? Because I know we said we would give some prediction on to where Scott Frost would end up. Yeah. Do you have an idea just in your head? You don't have to be Scott exact. Frost. Like do you don't you don't have to say like oh he's gonna end up at Marshall or like you know give yeah. an exact team. But shout out Marshall. Too. I know. Right? <laughs> I was just going with another Sun Belt team that won. Um, <laughs> I, um, just think about it. App State won too. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like some head coaching job opportunities. Maybe like uh, maybe so you a think he'll be a head coach. High school head no, coach. I, I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be a head. Going coach. back to Wood River, unless it's like yeah, unless it's like a lower division, something like that. I I just don't foresee a team doing that. I see him I, I going back to um not Oregon, UCLA, and I think okay. he's going to work under Chip Kelly again. You think? I think so. I think someone will hire him, but I don't think he will be in a head coaching position. Maybe no, I think for OC. his own betterment, I don't think he should be a head coach. There's a lot of great points made. I don't think his commitment was there to the team and the needs of it. And obviously, if Sabir is saying that he was late to practices, like that, that can't be it's your head coach. Yeah, that can't be your head coach. That's not your guy. It's not who they. We did not get the Scott Frost we signed up for in, in Nebraska. I think that's plain simple. And that's what leads to the emotional day that we're at today, right? Because Nebraska fans thought they had the answer. I mean, it was like a second coming of Jesus Christ for Nebraska. He was perfect. He national championship at Nebraska, everything you could want out of a head coach to bring your team back, right. To bring had, it back to he had the a dynasty. He had the, he had, he had the everything, arsenal. everything, everything, absolutely everything. He was the, the best coach right at that moment of college football is the best get Nebraska could think of. And again, here we are. Here we are. And uh, Mickey Joseph will be at the helm the yep. rest of the way. Again, Nebraska takes on Oklahoma this weekend. If you need a spot to go, come Ooh. to Hale Varsity Club. If you're not attending the game, this is the only other place that you can get a stadium atmosphere. Some of the best food, some of the best drinks, some yes. of the best deals. I mean, there there's touchdown deals that take place that are percentages off, you know, the items that you purchase here. So uh, it's just a fantastic environment. I highly recommend you show up at Hale Varsity Club. But that's it. I mean, that's I think that's the best way to break down the reaction from not only the press conference, but from the entire Scott Frost um, firing from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And um, if you need other people to help you break it down later on, tune in to Hale Varsity Radio or even follow along uh, with Hale Varsity. Uh, You can get a subscription at Hale Varsity Club or really online anywhere uh, that you want top-notch Nebraska information. They will deliver it for you. It's going to be an interesting week. It it will be an interesting week. week. I'm I'm loving the position that we're in now because I think this Oklahoma game, you kind of alluded to it, sets everybody up perfectly across the nation Mm -hmm. to tune in at least at some point and be like, I wonder how Nebraska's doing this week. Oh, it's going to be the biggest thing. And 
I'll be on the sidelines too, working with Jenny Taft. Um, and I texted her earlier and I was like, Hey, this weekend's going to be really fun. Right. And she was like, Oh boy. So they're all ready for it. It's going to be interesting. I think what Mickey will have to say in his press conferences. And I really wish I was a fly on the wall of how he addressed the team. I really want to know what he had to say. And I also would love to talk to players about their thoughts. Like, are they mad? Are they upset? Are they happy? I don't know. Is it a relief for them? And I, I think we'll find some know. of that out a yeah. little bit later on this week. It may not be everything yeah, like no. we have hoped for. I mean, you just won't ever get everything. I if- want to know what Adrian Martinez is thinking right now. <laughs> He's probably laughing. Well, they just won 40 to six or <laughs> yeah. something. So I'm, I'm oh. sure that he has some type of yeah. You know, grin on his face. Regardless, that's uh, the wrap up show from Scott Frost firing Anna Bellinghouse and Andrew Rogers. Thanks again to Michael Severe and Matt Schick for hopping on, giving us their insight and uh, two contradictory viewpoints, too, yeah. which I, I like. I love those that. Too. Yeah. So uh, we hope you enjoyed. Thank you to everyone that uh, engaged with us on YouTube and Twitter. We appreciate your time. And uh, I'm just going to say it, GBR this week. Let's let's see if Nebraska can, hey, pull, if they it can pull it off, man. That would be that would oh, be something. Yeah, we can. Well, actually, we're not gonna we're not gonna cancel out just we're, yet. We're staying here. I've, I've, I've been to, I've been told Damon Benning. Oh yes, is awaiting and sitting on nearby. Is is that true, Damon? He said, "Hold on." <laughs> well, we're gonna wait for this because I, Damon this, is going is to give a great fit. player's perspective yes. here. I, yeah, that's my biggest question mark. Of like, what is the vibe in the locker room? Are they? Is this? a big like upset to them or are they like I don't know I, I really would love to know the thoughts of the players and their their feelings towards their real feelings towards Frost you know they can't say they can't say everything they feel um obviously you want to respect your head coach and um but yeah I really do wonder Andrew just the feelings of all the players and I'm sure it's maybe it's split right like maybe some guys I'm sure I'm sure there's some guys that are disappointed that right. like guy that recruited them isn't there anymore but yeah. at the same time you know the kids are as as competitive as it gets and these guys are competitors out there and they want to win and mm-hmm. if they're not winning yeah. they're just i i i would guess that they're putting all trust into their coaching staff yeah. and athletic department to say we've got your back right. let's figure this out together let's move forward and it may leave some salt in the wounds but this is just the best thing for our it program. Just, yeah, it needed to happen, 100%. Yep. Now, uh, false alarm, uh, Damon Benning uh, could not hop on with us, so drafts. I'm so open for that. <laughs> um, but uh, we totally get it. He's super busy today, too. Um, so we appreciate all the work that he does as well. For Anna Bellinghausen, I'm Major Rogers. That's the recap of Scott Frost firing. <laughs>